Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or the property. It's the location and neighborhood, Dalton. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when we say in-depth, we're talking deep in-depth. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, a home, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. I am weird, dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hi, right, so welcome to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download, and this one we're coming from the inside of a Chevy Suburban on the way home from Martinsville Motor Speedway. Um, I'm sitting here with Mike Davis, uh, my co-host. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing well. Driving us. Yep. Alex is in the car, and um, hey, Alex, come on, you can do better now. Um, we just got done driving some laps with the MX-5 at Martinsville. We didn't get to drive all day but we ran i don't know 20 15 20 laps yep had a blast um got up to speed i thought pretty pretty quickly uh, i don't know what the fast time was but thought my laps were getting close to uh competitive um and then bobby labani comes out on the track got to run with him a little bit and uh felt good about that that was cool yep, yep. um He'd been here all morning running a little bit, so I felt pretty good about how I was against Bobby. His car wasn't handling as well as I think he'd like. He's very loose. But anyhow, it was an it was a, a, a blast. Yeah, now listen, before we go any further, I mean if you missed Tuesday's episode where we uh oh, that's right. took you on the road, we ought to just say exactly what we were doing here yeah. and why. Alright, so over the weekend at Watkins Glen, NASCAR came to me, Mike Helton and, and a few people. And asked me if I'd 
be interested in coming up here to the test and driving the car for a little bit. So we did everything we could to make that possible. We recorded uh, our Tuesday show and uh, a little bit early. Um, we recorded it also on the way to the racetrack. And then, um, you know, we, we got a chance to drive the car and then we had to turn around and head back home for some other responsibilities later today that don't have anything to do with, with the podcast. But I did, I do want to say we drove more in the car today on the way to the track and on the way home than we actually did spend time at the racetrack. That's true. So we That's were fair. there for a very short period of time. We ran one run in the car. And um, this is an effort by NASCAR to possibly see if the MX-5 series can race at Martinsville. If that goes really well, it opens it up to other possibilities. I think the series is very successful already. They have exciting races everywhere they go. They're a, they're an, uh, they're a property of NASCAR under the IMSA umbrella, and it's doing really well. But NASCAR's just you know spitballing a little bit trying some new things i think it would be an incredible race having now driven the car the cars are a blast they look it dude they look so much fun the car is not easy but it's you get up to speed relatively quickly and from there finding the next two tenths of the next tenth is a real challenge there's a couple things about the car that drive uh or does a few things differently than I've ever experienced in any other kind of car. Um, it does. It has a lot of power steering, and so the steering wheel is real light. But I, I didn't have a problem with that because I run the steering wheel very similar in iRacing, racing, and so it felt comfortable, comfortable to me right away. The braking. So this car feels like it's like push button braking. Oh, a lot of so brake. When you touch the brake pedal, just touch it. Like just very touch it with your finger and it will stop the car on a dime oh wow that yeah. would have taken a few laps to get used to it's right? kind of yeah it's like it's like pushing a button brakes automatically and so you got to be very careful not to over brake and you want to slow it down with a little bit of brake but it's very very light and so trying to adapt to that was toughest the downshifts so we run second and third gear around the corner around the track the upshifts are easy you don't have to lift just pull it into gear you don't have to lift off the gas mic the downshifts it auto blips for you you can help it which i'm used to blipping the gas a little bit so i helped it a little bit mm-hmm. um but if you shift too early uh the car can step out a little bit but it's not really a huge it's not a massive challenge but there's these like trying to go as fast as i was is not going to be good enough you're going to have to find another tenth to and I think finding that other tenth or two is going to be the biggest challenge. And it's in the brakes, it's in the downshifts, it's in trying to enter the corner and get back to the throttle as soon as possible. They don't have a lot of power, and so trying to get out of the corner is really important. If you overdrive the entry and hurt the exit, it's going to be a slow lap. Now, when I went down into turns, I think it was uh, one and two, yeah. to watch you as you were doing these laps, I did see your, your hands uh, sawing a little bit. I'm assuming this is in the middle of while you're downshifting is that right yeah in the middle of the turns a little bit of that and the car is trying to spin out so the car is really edgy yeah so it's kind of loose and it's really easy to make that happen in turn three turn one it's a little tighter but if i tried to if i tried to get more uh entering three i always swung the back in the middle of the corner and it hurt the whole lap so 
I learned that to put together the best laps, it was all really about trying to get to the throttle sooner. So giving up entry and getting to the gas and driving the car off the corner, um, especially when I was behind Bobby, he was driving in and swinging the back and, and the back's moving around a lot. And I was lifting early and getting to the gas and driving back to him on corner exit and down the next straightaway. So I want to talk to you about that. Uh, so you ran, I would say, maybe 10 laps, maybe 5 to 10 laps uh, before Bobby actually came out on the track. So you were on the track by yourself. Yeah. Did you did you know he was coming out on the track? No. Were you ready for another car to be around you? Yeah. Okay. And so you didn't know, but he comes out there. So when you guys went out there, like um, – what was that like racing now? I mean, because, again, you were just in the car for just a few minutes. Yeah, super brief. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, for I, me, I was like, man, I don't know if that's enough time for me to get acclimated to a race car. Well, we, we went around. I went, you know, when, when Bobby come out, I slowed down to get behind him because he's been here all morning. I wanted to see what he had learned. And so, I slowed down to stay behind him. He gets going. I followed him a few laps, saw what he was doing, um, made some changes to what I was doing. And then I went by him and um, just started running laps alone. And and he was struggling with it. His car was really loose. And so, you know, I, I, I did, when I went to his inside, we were heading down the back straightaway, and the car's loose into three, and you got a downshift, braking, all those things kind of makes the back want to swing. And so I was a little concerned just briefly, but he lifted and let me go before we got to the corner. So... I wasn't going to race him down in there and, and back myself into the side of him. So, okay. No. when, when uh, let, let me back up even more. Um, and I know I'm going all kinds of uh, out of order here. But, like, so you drove a car that Chad McCombie owns. Yep. And Chad was there, and he looked to be very helpful to you. You were going yeah. to him for a lot of insight. So you went and sat in the car for the first time. Yeah. And by the way, if you think that they're tight fits in these NASCAR Cup cars, boy, this is a tight fit, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. these things are small. So you climb in the car. Can you walk us through kind of the conversation, like what he was showing you about the, you know, that the, the whole workings of the inner, of the car um, right off the bat that looked unusual or something for you that you're just not used to? Yeah. I've never been in an MX-5, so for people that race this, this is going to be a funny conversation. I sat down in the car. It's got the turn signals. It's got all the... Oh, all it had the, a blinker. It's yeah. got all the stock levers. That's right. Okay. Windshield wiper and everything comes on the same way. It's just like a stock car. It has all of those pieces. It has, um, you know, it has all the ignition switches and stuff up on the right side of the dash. The steering columns of clamp-on, you know, racing-style column. Uh, it's a sequential shifter, and you, you sort of pull up this little locking mechanism with your with your fingers to, to get it into neutral and reverse. Um, but it's you know it's pretty simple to shift. Uh, but you are packed in there. Now the seat, I looked at the seat. It could go back further. The car seats for a specific driver, and it's not even for Chad, so oh. it's not fit for us. I think I could certainly move the seat back and down and get me out of the top of it like i'm sitting in the car i'm like right at the cage at the front of the cage and so i'd like to get down and back a little bit which i think it would it would easily do um i'm telling you man if this race happens and it's on a date where our oval drivers are free you're gonna have some people very interested in racing in the uh in the mx5's first oval race mm -hmm. in martinsville you know the you know guys like Kyle Busch and um, if they can be there, they're gonna try to 
look into opportunities to make it. And NASCAR is going to seek out some of those names to see, hey, can you can who can come race this? We'll provide you the car. We'll hook you up with the teams to make it happen. Chad told me they have multi, several cars in their team, a couple, two or three cars. Yeah, right? that's right. And so it's uh, it's certainly interesting. I think it would be a blast to race in that in that race and they're really fast through the corner they don't go super quick down the straightaway but they really don't but no. like as you were saying on the Tuesday podcast in those cases um, you know that that sometimes means you can actually get to the corner a whole lot better um, without as much break because you're not carrying as much speed into the turn well that certainly was the thing I noticed right off the bat that these things they're not going super fast down the straight so you, the, the way you rolled them through the corner was definitely different something that uh, and, and I love seeing your hands. I mean, those skeleton gloves were just moving, and you were getting used to it. And I could hear the downshifting. Um, but then once Bobby got out there, uh, you started looking like you were in a groove then. You started really kind of finding your own. So did you come in on your own, or did they call you in? What You, were, decided, you were radioed. Yeah, I just decided to come on in. Okay. I'd, ran, I'd ran a lot of laps and got the tires pretty warmed up. Gotcha. And so I couldn't get back to my fast time. That's kind of the only reason I would have stayed out there is if I was like, okay, I can better my lap, better my best lap. And so I'd gotten the tires kind of hot and slick, and the cars kind of lost a couple tenths, and, and I decided, you know, if I can't beat my best time, I'm, I'm going to come in and think about it. Okay. I knew we didn't have all day to be messing around. So you were talking to those guys. I was talking to some folks. Do you have a sense on what the verdict is on whether these cars can actually race the oval? Like, are they feeling like, yes, the test was successful enough to where this will for sure happen? Yeah, they th- they thought that yesterday. Um, first handful of, you know, I think by lunchtime, Chad McCombie and those guys were feeling like that this was going to be a good thing and absolutely doable, no questions. The only thing that I was talking to Chad about was if you're going to do something, you're going to take something out of its natural environment, right, and bring it somewhere unusual, you got to check off the safety stuff, like brakes, whether the brakes going to hold up, or is anything about the tire going to be a problem? Is it going to blister? Is it too soft? You know, those type of things. It's, I don't think this is an oval tire. It shouldn't matter, uh, but you just got to make sure that nothing would happen during the race that would make it, you know, make give it a black eye or make it a failure and I think they answered that stuff yesterday early and uh, they already had confidence in brakes and all those things but just taking something out of its natural environment into a different situation you just got to make sure you you check all those boxes first and they did and I think you move forward I think you move forward where do you put it on a schedule how does it how does it fit uh, is it a companion to something that's already happening? I think it could be its own event. I don't think it needs to be a, a support series. It's first race at Martinsville. It could be the headliner, and enough people would be excited about it. I think there's enough interest in it, right? If you're a track owner, um, maybe you want to have this as your headliner. Well, the track president was out there and in the car yeah. himself. He was out there having fun, Clay Campbell. And if you have something that people want to see, do you don't put it with something people are already there for, right? So, like, maybe it doesn't need to be companions with uh, NASCAR or anything like that. I don't know. It would be interesting to see. I mean, it's a companion race already. Selfishly, I would like to take 
I would selfishly, I think you should have the MX-5 race like a midweek before NASCAR or midweek or close around that Martinsville race or when NASCAR is local, racing at Charlotte or racing somewhere around here so that it's easy for the drivers to justify racing in it. So if you wanted a Kyle Busch or somebody to go race in it, he's not on the other side of the country, right? Mm-hmm. He's not He's not in Texas on Sunday and then racing in Phoenix or, you know what I mean, the next week. He's in the area. And so it doesn't have to be nestled up against the Martinsville Cup race weekend, but if it's just somewhere like they're racing at Bristol, right? Yeah. You could have like a MX5 race on a Wednesday or something. And I personally would love to figure out how to get our Pro Car Store series our pro cars, our late mall stock, or our late mall pros, to Martinsville. Like wow. we, our late model stock marquee events at the Wilkes World Track, and we love that, and that's what we want. We want going forward is to, you know, the Daytona 500 of the cars late model stock series be the Wilkes World Race. But our pros need their own event, so you know that's totally outside of the conversation. I know. You probably don't give a crap about that. No, actually, I mean, you brought it up earlier. Yeah. I mean, like, that was one of the things that was interesting to you. So, yeah. I, think I just, yeah, I mean, I think our pros need a big event, and that would be cool to put them with the MX-5 and have, like, a bam-bam. You know, our pros run the day before. The MX-5 race happens. The MX-5 race is going to create a lot of excitement and interest. There'll be a ton of interest around it. That would be good for us to be part of it. Yeah. I don't suppose you planted that seed with Clay or anybody oh, else. Though, I've been talking it, talking it, talking it. Oh, have you? <laughs> when we sit, when we met with them, when they came up to me and asked me to come to the test and drive the car, I told them right then. I said, if y'all ever run a race there, talk. I'd love to talk to you about getting the car, the cars tour, to be a part of it. And it, and the late mall stock cars, cars tour can't go to Martinsville. They already have the three hundred. They're right. not gonna. We don't want to. You know, that's already, they've already established the late mile stocks at Martinsville, and it's got its own race. But, uh, and then I talked about it again today, so we'll see. Put that bug out there. It would be fun. Yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be a nice companion little yep. event, a little day for people to come out there and watch some racing. Sure. So, I think, I mean, listen, you brought it up earlier. Uh, we, you know, we spent more time on the highway than we did uh, on the racetrack, but... I think it was well worth it. I thought it was fun. And, yeah, we've uh, we've done crazier things. We've gone further distances for uh, something that might not have made the full fullest of senses. But the fact of the matter is is that you went out there and turned 20 laps or so. That was yeah. worth it. It was a fun day. Thanks. But, I appreciate it. I'm glad everybody came along. We got a car full in this Suburban. We do. I appreciate everybody coming. It was a lot of driving for a very small amount of content. But... I was going to probably end up coming up here anyways, and so I'm glad we somewhat documented the experience, man. It's Those MX-5 cars are a blast. I don't want to say they're easy to drive, but they're not. They're blast. They're technical. Uh, to, be, to be good was fun, to, but to be great would take some work. Sure, like anything. Yep. And so I hope that they, they get something going. By the way, this won't be the last of the Dale Jr. Download road trips that we'll be taking because you, you and I got a trip. Do we want to talk about that or is that are we saving that? So, to set this up, 
basically I invited Larson to race in the cars tour and he said yes he's excited about it and he came and raced it Caraway for us and we had a great night and he drove my Sundrop car we redecaled it and all that but he had fun I think and um, got to see kind of what we're doing at least and I said hey for doing that I'll go to uh, a high limit event and uh, with his wing sprint cars and so I think uh, we agreed to go to Lernerville uh, I signed up the whole Dirty Mo Media team to go we're go basically going to go going to do the same thing we did today I've really never experienced a winged out law race I've not been to too many dirt races in my time and uh, so we're going to go have some fun eat some track food meet some fans maybe sign some autographs or anything else Kyle wants me to do but we're just going to celebrate his series and what they're doing and learn what we can, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, so, this is one of those weird situations. I've been to more sprint car races than you have, apparently. Yes. So, yeah. uh, so that we have that on the schedule. That's a road trip we're going to take. And that'll, that's like a Monday or Tuesday road trip, one day. Yeah, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. So that's coming up. So, yeah, Dale Jr. Download Road Trips is a thing, uh, Alex. <laughs> we'll just start... Uh, taking these field trips every now and again and we'll just tell james micah everybody come on you're in amen we're actually going to fly to that one boys yeah. not yeah. driving to that one big time it yeah so it should be fun the dale jr download is brought to you by zip recruiter you going to any concerts this summer man i am i'm seeing a concert in june hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, gonna, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? Zip Recruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast, and right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display. On Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. 
From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. So episode seven of Becoming Earnhardt came out yesterday, and we actually initially wrote episode seven and eight as one entire episode, but it was so many races and so many things happening that we split it in half. So now we have episode seven. We're closing in on the end of the season. Dad's back at back at the wheel of his race car after the injuries in Pocono, and he's just trying to get some results. Um, he's kind of struggling with his endurance, which is interesting, and there's a couple, you know, we talk about how Bill Elliott was asked to go to Dover. I called Bill. I said, hey, Bill. I said, man, I can't really find a bunch of information anywhere, but you were... And it's pretty cool when you get Bill Elliott on the phone. I mean, it I sounds saying, cool. When Bill yeah. Elliott answers the phone, it's really badass. Um, you call a Hall of Famer champion like that, and he answers. It's a good feeling. So, <laughs> I uh, I was like, man, I don't know how you were there because you weren't entered in the race. He was racing for himself and Roger Hamby a little bit, so maybe he was there helping Roger. I don't know. Um, but if how did he get in the car? Because you're not really supposed to. I don't know what the rules were back then. But if you hadn't qualified or turned any practice laps, I don't know that you could drive. You could just climb in the car in the middle of the race. You had to have some some sort of lap at some point during the weekend. But he didn't remember a whole lot about it. But what he did tell me was that Jake Elder called him earlier in the week and was like, "Hey man, um, we might need you." And so he went. And he just hung out. And they did. And they stuck him in there. And then Dad gets back in. I always remember. Uh, so that was the cool cool thing to find out and be able to actually call Bill and ask him about it instead of digging through an article and finding it somewhere. It's kind of fun sometimes just talking to the call, yeah. people, right? Call the source. Yeah. But um, the other thing, too, was is I've known. We've, we've sort of been talking a lot about relief drivers and how common that was. And we, one thing we missed was David Pearson got relief at Bristol from Lenny Pond. That's right. And so I had that picture in my phone, and it just missed. I just missed on it, not including that little tidbit in there. But I never knew that drivers got back in. I didn't either. It right? blows my mind to hear him even talk about the driver got out during the race came back got back in right. which is what your dad did and, and Richard Petty does this a few times yes he does it's like they get out for 100 miles and feel better and take a break like, we're going to get back in there right and it's likely because you know the senior the driver in there is doing the relief but he's not entirely comfortable the lap times aren't as good as they need to be whatever right but it's interesting that Bill drives the car and then dad gets in and finishes the race but I, um, you know, having a lot of fun with this series. I thought it was a great episode. We've only got a few races left in the season to be able to wrap it up for episode eight. We're going to have a ninth episode, and that's one I'm really excited about because we're still in the process of putting the ninth episode together. The season will have been over, and we're going to do basically a where are they now? What happened to, you know, Joe Milliken? What happened to all of these different... We're, we obviously have some people that we know what happened to them. Dad, Terry the Bonnie, Harry Gant, 
but we're going to try to tell those briefly, but really get into the, you know, the history of some of these other characters that were, uh, that were talked about a lot during the series. Um, so that'll be fun, and, and, uh, yeah, I think we're gearing ourselves up for, uh, possibly doing 1980. That's right. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I think 1980 is another year, not to get ahead of ourselves, but 1980, I want to do 1980 because there's a very uh, public uh, falling out, if you will. The team the team almost implodes on itself mid-season in 1980 for Dad. The Austin team. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, obviously everybody knows he goes and wins the championship. So there's some cool – there's got to be – I know a lot of stories, but there's got to be some stuff we can learn. I mean, you remember um, Tommy Russell telling us about how they went to Vegas yeah. and all that yeah. after they won a championship? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I was just thinking about that Tommy Russell conversation yeah. the other day because you talk about one of the funniest and best moments I think we've ever had on the download is yes. Tommy Russell trying to be cryptic and not really wanting to give out the fact that, that uh, you got, well, we had to have a bottle. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yep. Daddy Red Nitrous. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy Russell was a great he conversation. Yeah, but, was. yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. But, yeah. So, uh, the the other thing is that, it, you know, eventually Suitcase Jake's going to Suitcase Jake, ain't he? Yes, I mean, like, will. you know. Let's not give away too much. Okay. But, yeah. All right. <laughs> we know what he's got. He's capable of. Yeah. We, you know, in, in the 79 series, there was a lot of moments where Jake is, like, showing his frustrations with trying to wrangle Dad in, you know. And I hope that people got the gist of that a little bit when they were dealing with the, you know, when they were taking the series in and listening to it. Even this most recent episode, he's telling, Jake's telling him to get out of the car. In fact, I think your dad wrote that in a column where he was talking about, I didn't want to get out, but Jake said I needed a break. And so, like, you could just kind of get the dynamics of that. More like a father-son, and this is the way it's going to be. Jake would do things just to show the, just to, just to prove the control. Who's boss? Yep. Right. And even the even if it didn't make an, an all the sense in the world, he just that's my decision. And then when I make it, that's what we're doing. So, Sounds so, like a lot of crew chiefs, really. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, whoa, 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 easy. Don't 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 go indict the crew chiefs. No. But no, that's uh that, that that's one of the things that came out in that series. All right. Well, good. Good episode. We're gonna have, have we're working on episode eight for next week, and um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. One thing I wanted to, to cover before we close out, um, been kind of fun over the last month or two, kind of doing a little back and forth with Denny on his podcast. They'll say something or we'll say something, and there's some, you know, there's some comments back and forth. There's one thing in particular I think that um, I heard on his podcast this week. Let's listen to it. I think then he got goaded by his his team. And I just think that that is not not good at all. I think the team, I understand it, uh, but no, I don't. I don't understand it. Let the drivers handle it. Um, they don't need to be getting involved, especially with a young guy. You don't need – I remember Chad Canals yelling at William, William Byron. In under caution, in cup series, for not taking care of somebody – and then William destroyed the front of his car, and, and it, I think it ended his race or something like that. It was ba- it was bad. It's just, you know, 
if you want to sit Sam down after the race and say, hey, man, he kind of used you up here. You need to just hold your ground next time. Like saying, hey, when you get back to him, you do it. That's just a bad example. Because the way he he did it was was wrong. He didn't even attempt to make the corner. Um, if there was nobody in front of Sam Mayer, he would have went off into the into the distance because he he overdrove the corner to get too tired. He did not wheel hop and cause him to get into the corner too deep. He drove in too deep because he wanted to hit Ty. So, you know, I think my opinion about Denny is everything on the back end of that he said was pretty much correct. I mean, we said it Tuesday. I believe that Sam wanted to move Ty Gibbs. He was going into that corner with the intention to make some contact and try to, you know, try to move him out of the way. I think that he got in there harder than he wanted to, and was you will hop and you lose, you get loose because you're trying to slow down, right? Um, you're trying to get the car to stop, and it it jumps out from under you. So I think that he, I think we kind of agree there that Sam Sam's definitely going in there to get some uh, get the get the 54 or the 19 I should say to move him but I think Sam overdid it and wheel hopped and then hit the 19 way harder than he wanted to <laughs> but still it didn't matter Sam's like you know with all our history I don't have any regrets no remorse at all so so I think we kind of agree about that but I don't agree with the front end of I don't agree with the front end of Denny's comments, the team goading him into making that move. I don't think they did. Yeah, I think he's got that right. He just interpreted that all wrong. Yeah. Um, but isn't it funny you know, how we hear this audio and then we just all have different interpretations? If yeah. that's not racing, I don't know what it is. But the fact is that he had a lot of things wrong. One, that wasn't his crew chief. Two, Kevin Hamlin was actually talking him off the ledge. That's, I think, what, I was, uh, yeah. la- that's what I thought was funny is like, Either Denny didn't hear it, and somebody told him this stuff secondhand. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. Or Denny took it the same way Sam took it. When he heard the comments from the spotter, Denny took it. Oh yeah. Intent, you know, Denny took it as go get him. Right. It's possible. Where everybody, you know, at least everybody that I've talked to took it as, hey man, you would have raced him the same way on that last restart regroup and buckle down and he's like i can't remember exactly what his words were but he may say do what you got to do but the fact of the matter is you're just trying to pump up your driver to you got a green white yeah. checkered restart here get 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 your head back in the game go try to win the race yeah but he was certainly not saying go take him out there was none of that no um but, but you're right wrong. sam goes 10 four and we're like whoa 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 no 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 not 10 four not 10 four just a copy that would have been fine yeah <laughs> All right. Well, Denny, you're wrong. <laughs> Isn't that what we're trying to say? You went, dude, you went so hard on Denny. Good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. <laughs> you didn't think I had it in me. Yeah, I didn't yeah, think you had it in Denny you. ain't going to do that again. Not <laughs> after that butt chewing. All right, it's time for some Ask Junior. Uh, presented by Xfinity. Thank you, Xfinity, for everything you do. We've got some great questions today. Alex is going to tee those up. Who's going to do those questions? That'll be me. All right, Alex, let's get started. All right. Well, first question. Um, 
on Sunday you had uh, posted a lot of story uh, Instagram stories of mm-hmm. you on the track yeah. pre-race. What was the story behind the brake marker not 100 that you posted? Basically, it didn't look like it was 100 feet or whatever to the corner. Mm-hmm. It looked a little closer than that. Yeah. Is, right? It, what, like when you're driving is what look when i when you're driving you're not you're like yeah you're just looking at numbers and counting down and it's like a reference no matter you're not whether it's 100 yards or 100 feet whether whether it's exact doesn't matter you're just kind of going until you're going to the limit of the car and then if the limit if that limit happens to be next to the 200 then you can go to your crew chief and say hey man i'm breaking it to 200 where's my teammate breaking Mm mm-hmm and they're just markers, references, and they mean nothing. Yeah. But when I was walking out there and looking at it, I was like, damn, it's like 100 inches to the corner. It's saying 100 feet or 100 yards, but it just looked very close to the corner. Yeah. Anything else cool you found when you're out there? Uh, the billboards, uh, those go bowling things that mm-hmm. they drive through, are held in place by bags of water, little donut bags yeah. of water. Uh, just interesting. Yeah, I think yep. Kaz Grala went through one. He did. Yeah, he did. Uh, I was bored. You were bored walking <laughs> around out there till my on camera. I did like the uh, close-ups of the uh, rumble strips of how how much tire marks they were. Oh yeah, that that was cool. I di- yeah, and then I t- I peeled the paint off. You see, I mean layers of paint. Oh yeah, that's so, what I was trying to show you. Yeah, yeah. There's like twelve layers of like thick layers yeah. of paint. I ain't taking that then stuff painted off. We over paint and over, over and over. Right over. Yeah, <laughs> painting over it. Don't worry about that. Uh, this next question is from Sadie. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you tweeted asking for help with recommendations for your record collections. Um, I don't know if you remember that. How, how's oh, that yeah. going? And uh, have you picked out some I'm of the done. records? Yeah? Got them all. Yeah? Yeah. I, I went on social media. So I got this um, I got this little room that I'm going to put a record player in, and it's going to be basically the, you know, the best 100 records, you know, that you could have in a collection, right? And now the essence, you know, everybody's going to be interpreting the best 100 differently, right? But I just wanted to get some feedback on social media, which social media is great for that. And so I put out a tweet and got tons of great ideas. And now I think we're going to have about a 200 record collection. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have more records than we originally planned. But all of the all of the feedback that I got was really helpful. Mm-hmm. I literally uh, was just looking at it the other day. And buying the final few records, we're done. We got all we need. We don't need any more. Um, feel good about the collection. That's cool. That's it's awesome. mostly yacht rock. Yeah, mostly. It's probably sixty percent yacht rock. What's yacht is, rock? Huh? What's yacht rock? Well, it's the trend. Now. Christopher Cross, um, uh, Dan Fogelberg, um, the uh, Doobie Brothers. Okay. Yeah, I know them. Chicago. Yacht Rock even has its own channel on Sirius XM now. Really? You don't really? I'm not a rock guy, no. You don't, you don't, not a rock guy at all? Like just, any just type like of rock? Just the classics that you would hear well, anywhere. You would love Yacht Rock. You would. I? Would it's, I? Right. it's late 70s, early 80s. Okay. I'll have to give it a try. But then. it's sort of the more mellow, um, chill. Yeah. yeah. Easy okay. listening. More like, you know, hanging around the house bonfire stuff like that you would like it yeah yeah you would I'll, I'll give you'd, it a you'd vibe that. i'll give it a listen dude if you don't know what the hell yacht rock is i don't i do not try to You're pretend i'm a music guy everybody I, has the right to clown you for a little bit they on that can. one that's they can. definitely worth it i'm very innocent when it comes to music okay so, yeah well, you're in that. the right place man we're gonna <laughs> enlighten you yeah uh speaking of 
concerts, music. Uh, Sarah wants to know what's the last concert you attended, and is there something, someone you really want to see perform and haven't gotten the chance to see yet? Um, I think the last concert I can't remember. I think the last concert I went to was Pine Grove in Charlotte. There, um, there is a great concert. Um, I like, uh, I like um, emo pop punk music. <laughs> which is um I, I i danger summer is one of my favorite bands all, all of us we've talked about that um anytime i can see them play is awesome um tiny moving parts is a band i'd like to see live i've tried a couple times but just haven't been able to get to a show um but I mean, you know, I would like to see, honestly, I'd like to see Christopher Cross, speaking mm -hmm. of Yacht Rock, you know, he sings that song Sailing, right? Yeah. So that's kind of like the poster song for Yacht Rock. Um, and I was looking online when I was making this record collection. I was like, damn, does he even still play? But yeah, he's out there still digging. Um, so I don't know. I, I think seeing... I've been kind of interested in going to one of those like festivals mm -hmm. where it's like a specific genre so i know like everclear and all these uh, 90s alternative bands sort of tour together and they there's like you know there'll be like eight or ten bands on this sort of one day you know festival i'd like to get to one of those man yeah. and just get a full nostalgia they be pretty cool yeah because i went to all those con when i was young and mid 90s late 90s they had the weenie roast out in uh that's what they called it the 106.5 radio station mm -hmm. local station here played all alternative music and they had a concert every year called the weenie roast out in the um the outdoor amphitheater in charlotte and it would be like two or three days and it was everyone lance morissette live stone table pilots it was all the bands wow. and man it was amazing that's and cool. i went to that like two or three years in a row and so to do something like that now with the same bands would be cool to go see a you know a nine or a ten band show from nineties alternative stuff. Yeah. Do you remember your first concert you ever went to? My first concert was Moody Blues in Chicago. That's been on Ask Junior not yeah. too long yeah. ago. Yeah, I was I about like, fifteen. I, like I, I think it was Andrew was doing that and he didn't know what Chicago was. Yeah. I he thought he was that. talking about yeah. the location. Yeah. Uh I think we got time for one more. Um it's uh, pretty simple. What is your predictions for Daytona? Do you think Bubba gets in or not? Shoo-wee. Um, so I think Bubba's pretty uh, confident because he does really well at Daytona, and he knows he knows how to stay out of trouble, you know, and to play tracks. So I feel like his chances are the best. But um, something's giving me this weird vibe, man, that whatever whoever wins at Daytona is going to be a non-winner. Yeah. Mm. And, it, it you know, so then, therefore – it's got to be Bubba if he's going to get in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's the only one that's not locked in. So. Right. Yeah. So I got this weird feeling, man. It's going to be this sort of, you know. It's going to be this weird non-winner, like a uh, Harrison Burton, somebody really? like that. Yeah, I got this weird feeling, like it ain't going to be any of the any of the current winners or anybody that. I think it's going to be a, a wild. Nasty. Yeah. It's gonna be sick. Crazy race, and we're gonna have you know it's gonna be. Uh, they'll be you know in the top five crossing the finish line at the end is gonna be like a Rick Ware car and 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 Spire Motorsports. Yeah, you know 
It's gonna be one of them races. Yeah. Oh, so you're you're looking for chaos here. I think it'll be chaos. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna have to look hard for it. Uh, it'll be chaos. Yeah. 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 I got a question for him before you close it down. Go ahead. One of the funny tweets. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, somebody over the weekend said, "Tell Junior to give Neil Armstrong his headset back," because oh, yeah. you're and I, I got it because I noticed when I was watching the broadcast that the your cans, are your huge. cans are amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and am I crazy or are those new? Because I don't recall seeing these big old earphones like that. I, they've always been massive. They call them cans. The cans. So this barrels. is funny, man. You'll, this is hilarious. So well, when we. Uh, so there's two options. They call it there's cans and blue steel. So the blue I don't know why they call it blue steel, but the blue steel is the earplugs, right? And so that's what we used out on the track. But you can't use that for whatever reason during the broadcast. And so I guess the mic and everything's important. You know they got to have all that going on. And so uh, they put you on cans, and they're literally like freaking giant cans. Um, yeah, it looks silly. Yeah, I can't help it. I don't get to choose. Well, I bet there ain't an ounce of a uh, uh, noise coming through those babies. I'll tell you this, man. You got them all sealed they look off. Comfy. They look comfy. Listen, I'll be honest. I felt like that my, my uh, this is like shouldn't matter to anybody, but I felt like my performance Sunday was trash, and um, if that had been the case in year one or two, I would be a basket case today, but for whatever reason. At this point, I you know I don't love that I don't I don't love that I don't think I did a good job. I wish I would have done a better job than I did. I, do, I didn't think I did a really good job in the in my part of the show or where I was at. It was a tough race to call because there really wasn't a whole lot to do. Um, and but but like I don't it doesn't bother me as bad. Good. I tried I- and it didn't work and and it didn't feel like it was it didn't feel good. <laughs> and if I look like if I look hilarious, yeah, so, so be so it, be whatever, it, right? right? Well, mean, I'm glad you feel that way. Um, I still think, listen, it's my opinion they're playing you out of position. I don't know how they could expect you to go out there yeah. and you know win an Emmy for your performance when you're not a turn announcer. You belong yeah. in the booth. Yeah. That's where you belong. I'm well, sorry, I'll die right. on that hill. I didn't want to get into all that. I know, I know you don't. Yeah. That's me, especially on our Ask Junior. But right. um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, man, you get out of the booth or you get out, you get done, and you're just like, I didn't have it today. I didn't do a good job. I just what I had to say, I didn't say it well. I didn't articulate it well. I think the first couple of t- I stumbled on McDowell, like on my second hit, lap two, um, just had a couple bad, bad hits early, and never really got a chance to redeem myself with any really awesome action coming through my end of the racetrack. And, um, but those, that's, you'll have days like that. It was a, it was a rough outing for me, but, um, anyways, that's the end of Ask Junior. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, uh, supporting everything we do here. Thanks to Xfinity and, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in this Thursday. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for uh, you know being patient, and waiting on our reaction to the to the test at Martinsville. Everything was great about that. Hope you're enjoying becoming Earnhardt and everything else we're putting out putting out at Dirty Mode Media. Um, actions detrimental. Uh, door bumper clear. And uh, follow us on our social media handles. We got a lot of things going on. A lot of live shows and all kinds of different things for y'all to be a part of. Uh, 
we close out this show on Thursday, we're going to toss it to Hannah Newhouse for some short track insiders. Is anyone else very much ready for sweatshirts, fall weather, and championship weekends? Yeah, me too, but welcome back to Short Track Insider where I am so not ready to melt into a puddle every single weekend at the racetrack, but don't worry, fall is just around the corner. It's been teasing us. we got a couple hot weekends still coming up, and then it is sweatshirt weather at the racetrack, and I simply cannot wait. So let's get into it. Let's start with the Cars Tour at Tri-County this past weekend for the old North State Nationals. The event originally was scheduled for earlier in the year, but was again postponed. And man, all of the drivers were just simply ready to get after it at that tricky track, ready to race for $30,000 with the late model stocks. Most people had their eyes on drivers going into the weekend that have been at the forefront. Your drivers like Carson Quapple, Brendan Queen, or honestly, even a Mason Diaz. But it was Landon Huffman, who was a late entry to the 2023 Cars Tour season, who bested them all and was able to collect his first Cars Tour late model stock win. And of course, the bonus with that being a pretty good little payout at 30K. Now let's jump over to the West Coast uh, for a racetrack tucked right outside of Seattle, Washington, is Evergreen Speedway in Monroe, Washington, which is a very unique facility. It's a fairground facility hosting a paved 5 8 mile and a 3 8 mile on the inside of that. And then a fifth mile paved oval, and it sees the likes of uh, stock cars, you name it. They have drifting there. There's even a motocross track there as well where they host, uh, you know, forms of motocross and, of course, the fair. So it's just a great facility. It's a cool place. If you ever get the chance to go check it out, they have NASCAR Weekly there as well. But this past weekend, it hosted the ARCA West Series for the Napa Auto Parts 150, where Sean Hingarini took over the win over Tyler Reif. Uh, Cole Raz rounded out your podium. But I think one of my favorite stories coming out of that weekend is up-and-coming late model racer of Haley Constance breaking through and finally getting her first pro late model win. Uh, if you're around that area, the Constance family has such a long-standing history and is always one of my favorite families to see at the racetrack when you're up in the Northwest in the racing area. And to me, it's wild that Haley's even behind the wheel of a pro late model because I feel like she's just still so little, but she's grown up, she's worked her way through the ranks, and so it was awesome to see all of her hard work pay off and her to get that win, of course, in a big crowd, in front of a big crowd and to have her family there. So we caught up with Haley this week, and here's what she had to say about that win. Yeah, being able to get that first pro late model win was a really great feeling, and being able to celebrate with my crew was awesome because we've worked so hard all season, and have gotten close to that number one spot plenty of times, and we finally were able to get it done. It was also pretty cool that the ARCA West crowd was there to watch because I would love to race ARCA one day, and if somebody was watching me and saw my talent, then that would be pretty cool. All right, still a busy weekend this upcoming weekend, and, well, this weekend is what I like to call a hidden gem in the world of pavement short track racing. And honestly, I really wish it wasn't so hidden because the event itself is just simply incredible. The track is unique, the racing is awesome, and well, it's Oxford 250 week is basically what it is up in Maine at Oxford Plains Speedway. Uh, such a cool and unique event altogether. Late model racers 
primarily kind of in the Northeast region, have all been fine-tuning their programs for this weekend and will all try their hand at becoming an Oxford 250 champion. And, man, Maine this time of year is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, It's, again, just such a cool racetrack, and I feel like needs to be highlighted because if you are around the area, or honestly, add this one to your bucket list for next year. Make a trip, make a full week out of it, get up to Oxford, and go hang out for the weekend, you know, at this racetrack and this event. And I mean, fun fact, a little sentimental value for me. I actually made my on-camera TV debut uh, there when Mav TV covered this race in 2017. So while to think, of course, maybe that's maybe I'm a little biased to this event. But this weekend, you can catch all the action all weekend long on Racing America. Also this weekend, it is a triple header for the Extreme Outlaw Midgets and the World of Outlaw Case Construction Late Models as they both take on Davenport Davenport Speedway starting on Thursday evening. Of course, that track located in Davenport, Iowa. It's three nights of racing at Davenport uh, for the short track. And at the end of every single night, they have what is called a semi-truck light show. And I'm going to need someone to report back to me on what that exactly consists of because I am so intrigued. I will be on assignment with IMSA at uh, VIR, Virginia International Raceway, this weekend. So unfortunately, will not be there. So someone let me know what that consists of because I'm so curious. Also this weekend, the World of Outlaw NOS Energy Drink Sprint Cars are headed north as they take on the Tricky Bull Rings of River Cities in Grand Forks, North Dakota on Friday. And then they head over to Red River Valley Speedway in Fargo, North Dakota on Saturday. All things, of course, extreme and World of Outlaw related can be watched on Dirt Vision all weekend long. The Lucas Oil Late Model Series coming off of a busy weekend being at Batesville for the Topless 100. They're headed over to Port Royal Speedway for two nights on the docket up in Pennsylvania for Friday and Saturday. While the All-Star Circuit of Champions Sprint Cars can be found at Tri-City Motor Speedway in Auburn, Michigan. Not to be confused with the many other Tri-City raceways, speedways, etc., etc. This one specifically located in Auburn, Michigan. And then they head over to Butler Speedway in Quincy, Michigan on Saturday. You can watch both Lucas Oil Late Models and All-Stars on Flow Racing. And to cap you off with some more pavement racing, the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour heads to Langley Speedway this weekend for a Saturday night of racing in Hampton, Virginia, which you can, of course, watch all of the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour stuff on Flow Racing. But I also want to take this moment to uh, send out some thoughts and prayers to a longtime member of, of course, the racing community, the Modified family of Tommy Baldwin Jr. He announced his recent battle with cancer. And if you've had the honor of meeting him, you know that he is someone that cancer should be afraid of, and he is going to absolutely kick its tail. So sending all of, you know, our best thoughts and prayers over to the Baldwin family as he, uh, you know, takes on this new challenge. So sending sending love over there. If you're, if you're at the racetrack this weekend, I'm sure, you know, you can't keep him away from a racetrack. So Lastly, the Cars Tour back-to-back weekends. Of course, we talked about them uh, racing for $30,000 last weekend. Well, they're headed to Wake County for their second visit of the season this upcoming weekend. Last time we were there, we saw a breakthrough winner, uh, a driver get his first win. We had a new winner last weekend with Landon Huffman. Will we see another new winner added to the 2023 Cars Tour schedule? You'll have to tune into Flow Racing this weekend to find out. Well, if you're headed to a racetrack this weekend, send me a tweet. You can tag me on Twitter at Hannah Newhouse. Use the hashtag, hashtag short track insider. Let me know where you are, what you're watching, and yay, maybe we can talk about it on next week's episode of Short Track Insider. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.